Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Behind Massive Screens, a game development podcast here from Massive Entertainment. Uh, I'm here with Rasmus. But before I introduce him properly, I'm just going to do this uh, podcast stuff. If you're listening on like Apple Podcasts or even Spotify these days and you like what we do, please rate and review us. It's a podcast version of smash that like button, please. It really helps to spread the word. So thank you very much. Uh, with that out of the way, hi, Rasmus. Hello. So Rasmus Björk, uh, technical animator here at Massive Entertainment. And I'm I'm glad to find out more about a subject that I don't know very much about. Well, I don't think a lot of people do, to be honest. So let's I maybe we should start there then. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, so so I'm a technical animator, and um, I'm basically in charge of making sure that characters, uh, creatures, objects, vehicles, weapons move the way that they're supposed to do in video games and here at massive that's what i do yeah that, that's why like you know what an animator does basically but it's just, the, the, the the thing that tripped me up is the tech part mm -hmm. so yeah. why would you say it's called tech animation well because we're basically in charge of making sure that the technical parts of the animation work um so what i do is um I make sure that a character has a skeleton, pretty much, right. that the animators can then manipulate to make it move the way they want it to move and the way it's supposed to move. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's where the technical part comes in, because um, as most people would know, uh, uh, a human is, is very complex. There's a lot of moving parts, like there's there's skeleton, there's there's muscles, there's tendons. Think about to make a, a a character or a human or a creature move in a realistic fashion, right? Um, and that's where we come in. Like we make sure to 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 make that happen for for everything that most most of everything that needs to have movement, organic uh, things in particular, but also some mechanical stuff. Right, um, and uh, yeah, I think that's that's a good explanation. Yeah, I, think I think I understand so. a little bit more yeah. now. So, but how uh, the first question—that's the first question I was asked. But the mm -hmm. second question is, how did you end up at Mass Entertainment? How did you go to become a technical animator? Um, well, so um, I started my journey a long time ago. Um, I decided that, that I wanted to be a game developer, like when I was, I think, 17 or 18, something like that. Um, but it's hard to become a game developer because there's a very high skill ceiling right. uh, to get into a company. Um, what was it? But, but just uh, Sorry, you're putting in. What was it that made you decide? Was there any moment you like, 
playing a game and I, I want to do this? So it's just a general thing. Just curious. Well, I mean, I, I, I don't really know what kind of sparked it. I think um, I've always been very creative um, and, and I like... I like thinking about things, right. <laughs> <laughs> like fantasizing about things. Yeah. Uh, like, uh, and video games has always been, and I think it is for most people, like an escape from from not necessarily reality, but it's 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 a it's a form of entertainment that is like on a whole different level than other entertainments, uh, and that always kind of drew me in. Um, and I think I, I I don't really know what. What it was that sparked it really but um it was either going to game development or going into medicine <laughs> that's, quite, that's quite the difference yeah <laughs> i know and uh because because um i don't know I, it was just one of those spur uh, spur the moment things i think uh i was probably playing i don't know maybe the elder scrolls oblivion or something like that because right. i remember doing that a lot when i was younger um and uh, I think it was just like, maybe I should just apply to one of these, see if there are any video game educations like in here in Sweden. Uh, and I found one. Uh, I found two, actually. Which uh, ones? There was, um, there was a civil engineering uh, program that started in, in Karlskrona, uh, like right about the time when I was started thinking about applying to, to, to universities and, 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 uh, and such. Um, and, uh, that's kind of the route I went like, so I applied, uh, I got in, uh, and then I realized there is a lot of programming <laughs> in civil engineering, <laughs> uh, which didn't really fit me. Uh, so uh, I dropped out after a year, uh, and I found, uh, another, uh, education, which was in the same school, so the the school is called uh, Blekinge Institute of Technology, Blekinge Tekniska Högskola for for those of us in Sweden, um, and they had like they they had three different locations, so Karlskrona, Ronneby, and and Karlshamn. Uh, quick aside, Ronneby is actually the place where Massive Entertainment was founded. Exactly, back yeah, back in yeah. '97. Yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah, but so apparently that location closed down because there was a school there called School of Future, uh, School of Future Entertainment, I think it was. Oh, I remember that school. It was super hip. Yeah, it was. It was. It was the coolest uh, school in Sweden at the time. Yeah, um, but they closed down. So that's sad. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I actually didn't know. I hadn't thought about them in years. Like, <laughs> wait, I remember that name. Yeah, they had like their campus was an old prison or something, right? I don't actually know because I, I never went there because okay, they closed down. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough <laughs> i'm dating myself here now. um but yeah so so i started uh um i started an education in in uh, in Kalsam, um and i have a bachelor of science degree from there um i don't really remember like i think it's like bachelor of science in media technology or something like that uh which it looks really really good on paper but it's mm. kind of useless <laughs> Um, stay in school. Yeah. Stay in school, kid. <laughs> don't, don't, yeah. don't listen to us. Stay in school. <laughs> anyway. Well, it's useless in the sense that it did, didn't get me a job. Right. Um, at least not in video games. Uh, so from there, uh, I kind of went abroad for a while. Uh, I was a video game tester in Canada for like two years. I moved like across the world to New Zealand for a while. And then when I came back, I applied here to a school in Malmö called uh, the Game Assembly. Yep. 
Which I think you've talked about before. Oh, yeah, they, uh, Game Assembly tends to pop up from time yeah. to time. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of people here from Ad Massive from Game Assembly. <laughs> yep. um, and that's kind of the route I went. Uh, so I first started there because they have a few different uh, programs. So uh, the one that I started out doing was uh, uh, Game Art, I think it's called. Um, and uh, I did that for a year. And then they opened another one, uh, which is technical art or it's still there uh so yeah uh and i did that for a year uh and then i applied for an internship here at massive i got it and now i'm here here we go <laughs> how long have you been here uh let's see i think i think i started my internship uh september 2018 and i got hired in end of january 2019 well there we go so i've been here a while yeah um so let's jump straight into the actual tech animation part. I think we should start at the the beginning. So where does this start? Where does the job on a say a character start? Mm -hmm. Well, it starts with the character art. Right. Um, and once they're done with uh, a character, they send it to us and we create a skeleton for that character. So let's say you get you get a human. Um, and then you need to make sure that you create a skeleton, which is comprised of joints. Uh, and each of these joints is like a point in space in 3d space. Um, and you usually start out with like the, the basic stuff. So like you want a shoulder joint, you want a hip joint, um, an elbow joint, etc. So like you get all the major, major parts done. Um, and once you're done with that, you bind that skeleton to the character mesh. The mesh is like, th that's the, the, the part that makes up the character. Um, it's basically just a shell um, of, of planes, pretty much. Uh, and a plane is just like, it's a surface. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a surface with no thickness. It's just a plane. Like, yeah. there's nothing. Yeah. Uh, and... Uh, once you bind that, you need to do skinning. And, and skinning is and the skinning part is where you apply you apply weights from these different joints to paint uh, you paint the mesh, you paint a surface to make sure that it moves and behaves the way that you want it to behave. So like in, in terms of, of a human, you want when the shoulder joint moves and rotates and bends, um, the shoulder and upper arm follows. Uh, same thing for the elbow joint. You want the forearm to follow, and for the hand joint, etc. Um, and that's what skinning is like. You make it, you make it look and behave the same way that a human would do. In right. the case of a human character, of course. Right. When you you mentioned weight, you add weight mm -hmm. to to that plane. Exactly. So or for for weighting, it's it's um, and this is skin weighting. Um, every every point on the surface of a character mesh um, needs to to get information from the skeleton to 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 understand what am I supposed to do in relation to to the skeleton? Right. What is my job when the elbow rotates? 
what is my job when the spine rotates or moves or whatever um and the the waiting part is then just like you basically paint um a value on the mesh saying if for example like the elbow joint moves um you want the part of the mesh that is on the elbow to move with it mm -hmm. to a value of let's say 50 percent and then the other part will move 50 percent relative to the shoulder joint for yeah. example it's kind of hard to 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 put in words because it's kind of like a very visual thing yeah sure yeah yeah i get that I, I, and this is just for a human basically now what you've gone through mm -hmm. with all of that is the movement of an arm and that yeah. sounds complicated enough and then you get like how do you make sure that like upper uh, the upper body and the lower body moves in relationship to anything else like does this this waiting just keep going all the way until yeah. you have the entire character yeah exactly yeah so uh it's a process and basically what we what we usually do is we start out with a a, a base mesh which is like a it's the basic shape and form of, of what the character proportions are and that's where you build like the the you you can build the detail into it from the start um and then you can copy that over to different uh different uh, characters to make sure that they all move and behave correctly because if you need to do it from the from the ground up for every single character it's a humongous amount of work yeah sure um so you really need to to make sure that uh you have a good baseline before you start like creating more characters yeah um because otherwise you're just gonna get swamped and swamped and you're never gonna <laughs> give you're never gonna be done with the work sure um so those are humans and still this is a, a obviously a very deep and complex topic in itself and as you said in the early on in the beginning that skeletons and and human movement is very complicated in itself I think it's interesting you were going to medicine and now you're working on skeletons it's kind of funny is <laughs> yeah, that just in my head that's funny uh no i mean no not really i think uh, um no i mean uh, one of the reasons why i wanted to go into medicine was because i am interested in biology and anatomy as well so yeah. i think it's it kind of makes sense i guess yeah now that i think about it yeah it does <laughs> it does so okay humans insanely complicated just to get them to because uncanny valley right you mm -hmm. you see something and something's off and you directly like mm, people don't move like that even though it might be in video games like exaggerated whatever it's still you you notice mm. but then applying this to something that's not human like yeah. a, a fantasy creature or whatever how do you how do you approach that like you you get the character arts uh creature say mm-hmm uh, how do you how do you work on that because that doesn't actually exist yeah um you use a lot of references right um so i mean let's say you get a lizard creature or something or maybe uh a bird creature whatever it may be um it might not be a bird necessarily it might not be a lizard necessarily um but your reference for it would be something in the real world, which could be a lizard. So yeah. you look at geckos, you look at Komodo dragons, you look at whatever creature you can find that is kind of similar. Yeah. And you use that as your baseline for what the joint placement would be. Right. 
because it would be different for for uh, a bird compared to a lizard uh even though i guess they're kind of the same <laughs> same ancestry technically I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um and yeah like so so that that's where you go first and then it's it's a it's a process of 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 creating something and then iterating on it, uh, getting feedback from character art, from animation, from directors, from you know, art directors, from animation directors, uh, from creative directors, and then you return to it, do it all over again until you hit that sweet spot, send it back, and then once it's gone back and forth, depending on how good you are at your job, um, could be one or two times or it might be 10 times right right um and like the the object and the the idea of what the creature is supposed to be could change as well during that process so you have to always be able you have to always be able to go back and iterate on it yeah. to hit that sweet spot that uh everybody might not like but they might just not disagree on it right <laughs> I think because just looking at video games in general and looking back, like animals in themselves seem really complicated to get right. There's mm -hmm. so many times you, you've seen like horses seem to be one of those things since they pop up in a lot of video games. Like if something's off, the, I, I had a friend who um, was really into to horseback riding and she owns like three horses. I, I don't understand how it works, but <laughs> she does. And I remember playing video games with her and just getting like criticism against the horses. I remember <laughs> texting her like, this video game is really good and getting back like, but the horses don't move. She was counting like, oh yeah, the legs are not moving as they should. Yeah. And then you're looking at cats and dogs and stuff in games as well. Like if anything is just slightly off, then, then you notice right away, even though you're not actually a horse. Yeah, and um, that's that's where the the hard part of of our job is. I think in general, like just for character art, for for animation, and for for us in technical animation, and also to some extent, uh, technical art, um, because that's that's kind of the difference between video games and movies. Because in movies, you just need that one perfect shot, right? Yeah. Um, so you can focus on getting everything to look really, really good for that one specific shot. But in video games, everything is in motion all the time. Yeah. And for us who are like for, let's take division as an example, it's a third person game and, um, you can rotate the camera around yeah. and see every single part of the character. So it's really important to strike a balance between what's going to work, um, for the f for the whole character and just not focus on that one specific thing uh like taking a holistic view to to the the, the whole character um and also keeping in mind the technical limitations of the engine uh to make sure that we can throw in i don't know 20 characters on screen at the same time with the same amount of joints and skin weighting uh and make sure that that works um but on the topic of, of, of creatures and horses in particular, uh, Red Dead Redemption 2 has really, really great uh, horse deformation. <laughs> <laughs> well, considering the time they, they spent on making that game, you yeah. better hope so. Yeah. I got to text her after this and ask if she's played it. Um, you know, uh, one thing that just popped into my mind as well when it comes to fantasy and because you, you talked about Oblivion before, mm -hmm. um, 
what do you think is would be the easiest like when when rigging a character like that um or creating the skeleton like a fantasy say a fantasy if you can play an orc like nobody knows in real life what an orc looks like mm. but do you think it would be easier to create a skeleton based on that than a human is it easier or is it more complicated since you don't have an actual reference about say what an orc moves like it would depend on the art style i think yeah. that's the biggest thing um because for us we're um we're i mean i think ubisoft in general is creating kind of realistic looking games mm -hmm. um with a few exceptions of course sure. but but generally realistic looking games realistic rabbits yeah <laughs> that would be something to see uh i thought yeah anyway um but i think uh creating realistic looking characters is is harder uh than creating uh creatures that aren't or, or characters that aren't uh supposed to be realistic looking just because of the human eye like right. you can spot uh that something isn't right with one of these, I don't know, Japanese uh, robot looking things from a mile away, yeah. right? Just because it doesn't have the same, it doesn't have, it doesn't, just doesn't look right, you know? Yeah. Um, and it's the same thing in video games. Like you can spot immediately if it's a video game or generally uh, if it's a CGI uh, like movie or, or cutscene or whatever. I think the, the one exception I think to this would be uh the technology that they're using for the for, for disney like the disney plus shows like uh book of boba fett and uh the mandalorian they're using some really really good uh software to 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 create like realistic looking faces yeah. um now the the, the term slipped my mind but uh uh like they did for and spoiler alert here if anyone hasn't seen the mandalorian uh pause now jump forward 30 seconds yeah if you don't want that spoiler luke skywalker right yeah um and in that in in the mandalorian it was you could tell that it wasn't him just because of of the way that they use the technology sure um but also because we all know that uh that actor is not that age anymore right <laughs> so you know immediately that something so something's off just based off of that but uh in in book of boba that character is also in there um and um it looks insanely good yep agreed um and uh i think for live action it's a lot easier to to, to get to that level of fidelity mm -hmm. and not have that uncanny valley look anymore right and i think they they kind of they kind of showed it also with uh some of the marvel movies uh, i think there's a scene in captain america civil war where uh they de-age uh robert downey jr yeah uh in one of the scenes in the beginning and that also looks really really good mm. um but those are big budget movie productions um that have specific studios dedicated only to making that one perfect thing <laughs> while we have uh, like maybe 200 uh, employees working on a on a video game uh, yeah. at times and uh, out of those 200 there might be five dedicated to all of the characters making 
them look and act realistically. Yeah. And within the limitations of a game. Exactly. Well. Yeah. Um, I accidentally said the word rigging and that that's on our, our list of topics as well. Yeah. If we should go in a little bit of, of what that is, because it's, again, it's one of those terms you hear so much. Mm -hmm. uh, rigging a character. So what 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 does that mean? So rigging is uh, depending on who you talk to, because like uh, I use them interchangeably. Uh, the terms rigging and skinning and setting up a skeleton. Right. Um, usually I, I I say rigging for for the whole the whole process, but rigging is a catch-all phrase for exactly yeah for 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 my job pretty much. Um, but so rigging. If you go into the specifics of what rigging actually is, is to create the controls uh, for the animators to, to to use, so that they can move the uh, the the character uh, the way that it's supposed to be moved. Right. And this depends uh, on partly if you're going for a realistic kind of character look, or if you're going for uh, a more cartoony. Uh, yeah. less realistic look right. um, because there's a lot of different tools that we can use to well, well that we can uh, give to the animators to make sure that they get the most out of the the rig mm -hmm. which is what they're using um, and uh, and put limitations on what they can do as well yeah um, I really like when, before we started recording mm -hmm. I, have, I have to bring this up because I really like the analogy when it comes to the relationship between character art and the, because we talked about the animators sure. now, uh, the relationship between character art. Mm. Uh, first of all, if you are interested in character art, then go to the, what was called at the time, the Fika Sessions podcast, which is just, just scroll down the feed and listen to episode four with Ocean Nestrum about character art, because it's really interesting. But you have character art and then you have the animators and in between. Like that analogy you you gave me, I I love that when it comes to creating <laughs> yeah. a character. Yeah. So so the analogy that I used was, uh, and this is the the one that I used when I talk to to like my mom's friends or or older people <laughs> who don't really know what uh, what I do, and I want to explain it. Sorry. Or me. Or or you. Yeah. Uh, or like if I just want to explain it to someone who has no idea what. Uh, what I do, but in simple terms, and it's I'm, I'm using Pinocchio, right? Because Pinocchio is a string puppet, um, and uh, the way that it works is that the char character art team creates the puppet. They create the legs, they create the the little hat, the little nose, uh, all of that, um, and the animators are the ones that are using those. Um, like they're manipulating the strings, right? Yep. With those wooden crosses or whatever. And uh, tech animation, we're the guys who make the strings. Right. That's that's my job. Yep. And I make sure that the strings are attached to the, the, the wooden crosses and uh, the different leg parts or, or the joints that are supposed to move. That's so that's, my job. that's rigging, essentially. Yeah, I'm the string guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good... But how does this fit into... Um... Uh, the entire creation of the, the like the pipeline of, of creating the game. Where do you guys fit in, and how do you how do you work with other teams? How does everything come together? Because sure, we can create these characters, mm. um, but they're still in a video game. So like, how at the end there's a product. Like mm. How does the pipeline look? How does the road towards launch, so to speak, look? Yeah. Okay. So um, 
if we're we're still talking about characters so i'll use that as an example so it would first be concept art right they're they're going to be making a, a character concept uh, which they're going to send to to character art once it's approved and uh character art, they're going to create the, the actual character with the meshes and th this could be different depending on what kind of character it is so if it's a if it's a hero character it's going to be very specific and it's going to be a lot more detailed than than a lower tier character so like an npc you just see out in the world um and then once that's approved uh what they're doing they're gonna send it to us to set up the skeleton and uh do all the rigging and all the skinning uh and once that's done uh we're gonna send it off to the animators and this is kind of where the uh, the iterative process kind of starts like it starts a little bit earlier um, but for the most part this is where it happens because our character our team is pretty good uh, so we really <laughs> we usually don't have to do a lot of back and forth right. uh, but sometimes we do um, and then once the animators get a hold of it they're going to start doing their animations applying them and uh, they're going to figure out where all the issues are like we can't move this we need to move this um, and then they'll send it back to us and we'll fix the stuff that they want fixed and they send it back and and that's that's kind of how it goes generally um some sometimes like i said we have to send it back to character art when they've done stuff that we're like oh this this doesn't look good this isn't going to work for our purposes right. um and we can see that usually pretty pretty early on and uh, they'll have to redo it and then send it back to us and then we'll go okay this is this is fine Hopefully after the first try. Right. <laughs> yeah, because you mentioned before, there's a lot of stakeholders involved in, in all steps. Like. Yeah, 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 exactly. So so there's at least three uh, different departments uh, involved uh, or that I'm usually involved with. Um, so, so, so for me, it would be my own department, technical animation, and then it would be character art, uh, which is like, sometimes they can do more things than just character arts like uh they can create weapons and and different props and stuff like that as well uh and then the animation team and occasionally the the tech art team as well um because when we're working with with more detailed stuff like faces and facial animation they need a lot more uh fidelity uh because right now our tech is at a point where we can do things like wrinkle maps and we can do things like blood flow maps and we've been able to do those for for a while but now it's really important to push the envelope mm -hmm. um and since we're working with snowdrop which has a lot of support for for these specific things and we're continually working on improving them um we talk a lot with character art as well or uh, sorry tech art as well to to make sure that we have all that tooling that we need and that they can create the shaders and all that stuff and we can apply it to to the characters so yeah. that it all looks amazing yeah you you actually we we have a little list here of stuff uh you did have like you, you mentioned props there real quick like set pieces and stuff like that mm -hmm. you're involved with that as well yeah occasionally yeah so I, i've worked on some on some set pieces um, on Division Two, um, and uh, yeah, like I, some smaller things as well. Like because depending on the production, it's 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 once you're in production, like really in production, mm -hmm. um, things can get hectic. Right. 
<laughs> and it's not always <laughs> on a specific team or person to 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 fix something yeah. because they might not be able to figure out what's going on. So I mean, I remember working on bugs that I'm like, this is not really my job, but I'm I'm gonna do it because I know how to fix it. Yeah. Right. Um, and that's kind of like that's also kind of useful as well to to, to be able to do and to to know as because uh, I'm I'm part of the tech team so like I'm I fall under the umbrella of, of, of tech so I'm working I'm working under a technical director right now um, and yeah so so he's he's overseeing all of this stuff like he's overseeing the technical art team the technical animation team the technical level design team um, and you kind of really need to know uh, the tech yeah. to be able to get the most out of it right so that makes sense. Uh, so yeah but what kind of, of, of tools in general do you use to create these? Like the actual programs? Sure. Um, so my my main software that I use is, is, is Autodesk Maya. Uh, and within that software, I'm using a lot of different like uh, Ubisoft and, and, and uh, uh, specific tools and some Snowdrop specific tools. Sure. Uh, so one thing that I, I didn't really mention, like I was talking about how, how when we set up a skeleton, uh, we do the weighting and stuff. Uh, and as you said, uh, human characters are quite complex. Uh, there's and like I said, tendons, muscles, and all that stuff. Yeah. So we're using a system called called Reflex for that, which is basically a system of constraints, um, which allows us to uh, create like different relationships between uh, different joints uh, to make sure that we can get them to move in a way that uh, can simulate some things. Like we can simulate muscle deformation but without actually having muscle deformation yeah. because that's super expensive uh, to use, especially like for games. If you have 10 characters with muscle deformation, like actual muscle deformation on the screen, yeah, your, your yeah. game's not going to run that great. <laughs> um, but so so that's one of the, the tools that we use for, for, for that kind of stuff. Um, and it also is integrated in Snowdrop, so it works pretty well. Uh, for us, um, and then there's motion cloth as well, which I'm working quite a lot with right now. Um, and uh, that is, it is basically what the name says it is. It's it's cloth in motion, so it's a physics-based uh, plugin that we use to to simulate cloth, yeah. like flags and 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 uh, uh, like clothing stuff yeah. like that. Um, it's a bit more expensive than some things that we've used in the past, like Vertex shaders. Um, I don't know if 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 you've seen um, or if you've played Modern Warfare, the 2019 game, or Warzone. No. Well, um, Sorry, because, not my kind of. <laughs> yeah, I mean that that's fine. Uh, I, I hate it and love it at the same time. <laughs> uh, Warzone, at least. Um, but they have, um, and I know my friends were uh, they were raving about this thing when when we first started playing, which is uh, you jump from an airplane and you're standing like at the back of this airplane, and uh, the wind is whipping at your clothing, yeah. um, and you can see like the 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 clothing is like moving, and uh, you can you can like feel and see the wind moving the 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 the, the clothes. And that's basically just a vertex shader. Yeah. And they're like, wow, this is so cool. I'm just like, yeah, well, I mean, anyone can do this pretty much. Oh, God. <laughs> it's just a vertex Game shader. Game development. <laughs> yeah. 
Let this be a lesson again that game development has to ruin games sometimes so you overanalyze what's going on. Yep. Um, but but yes, yeah, so 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 yeah, it looks it looks great. Um, uh, I mean, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna harp on it. I'm, I'm just like, I I know how it's done, so it's it's less magical to me. Yeah. Um, but motion cloth is is yeah, it, it's physics based, so it's a lot more expensive, and uh, we're trying to use it as sparingly as as, as possible. Um, and then we have this Node Up Tech team, and um, <laughs> they basically make tools for. For basically any any studio in Ubisoft that is working with uh, with Snowdrop, um, so they're they're making very like generic tools that anyone can use, um, but they also implement some some stuff that we ask for specifically for for uh, any given project, right? right. Um, and then there's also all the all the minor things that I make myself just to speed up the process of of setting up a character. Um, I think uh what was the last thing i did it was like uh i mean it's just a, a joint placement tool like i just get all the so for some context here when you create a character you're creating it with with polygons and each polygon let's say like you yeah i mean a, a polygon is is comprised of different points on a surface and each of those points uh is called a vertex um and that vertex has a number so basically, I, I wrote a tool that can kind of grab all of the, the the vertex numbers, like check all the vertex numbers, and then places a joint in on the specific vertex numbers that I wanted to to be on, and that helps me set up a, a character because I know exactly where all my joints are supposed to be, and then I can I can copy the the skin weighting that I've done on another character over directly. Look, the the civil engineering thing came came in handy anyway. I mean, kind of, yeah, 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 yeah. Look at that. Um, but uh, there's more to it. You you mentioned Autodesk Maya, yeah, uh, before, of course, yes, w- which is one of those programs that keep popping up for some reason <laughs> when you do these kinds of shows. Yeah, um, yeah. So so it's a it's a three D authoring software pretty much, um, yep. and we use it for. Um, I mean, I use it specifically for for uh, for rigging and and, and skinning and, and setting up a skeleton and all that stuff, um, and and because our our tools work in that as well. Um, and I think I, I'm not really sure about this, but I get the feeling that we're kind of massive. Uh, I mean, as like one of the few studios at Ubisoft that actually use Maya to the extent that we do, all right. uh, because there's. Uh, there are some of the sports studios, or not sports studios, but other studios in, at Ubisoft that use 3ds Max instead, uh, which is it's kind of the same deal. Um, it's also an Autodesk product, which is kind of like they have two competing <laughs> softwares, I, I guess. Um, uh, but it's just a it's just a preference, right? right. Um, and I think we here at Master prefer prefer Maya yeah. uh, generally. Um, and then there's also all the other. Like, I mean, that's just for us, for my team, because like there's also Blender. I know some of the some of the guys in here use Blender um, and like Modo and Houdini and stuff like that. Um, but generally speaking, I'm using Maya and Motion Builder. Right. Uh, and also Snowdrop, of course, because that's our engine. Yeah. And uh, for all my scripts, I use Python. Yep. So I, I do like... I yeah, I usually write them in the in the Python or script editor in in Maya um because 
easy access and, yeah. and that's where I use them. So, well, that's that's a long list in general. Yeah, that's the, <laughs> that's the stuff that people use and just pull together. We have that yeah. in the Ocean as well. Yeah. Uh, so we do that and that program and then that and that and that. And that. Yeah. I'm just sitting here. God, I can hardly use Photoshop. Um, <laughs> If you're interested, like as you're noticing, I'm, I'm watching the timer on the mixer, and, and <laughs> it feels like we're only scratching the surface. We could go yes. go on. It's a very deep uh, subject in general, from the technical part, of course, to uh, what we talked about at the beginning of creating mm. characters and making sure that the characters move in, in um, detailed ways. And I, I, I probably like to keep you here for a long time, <laughs> but um, if the, the people that are, are listening to this and that they're interested in animation and interested in tech animation is just maybe realizing now even that this part of, of game development exists in a way. Yeah. Um, because I, in my head, when I, I when you start thinking about these things, kind of mix it up with animation in general, that, that that's kind of connected, that there isn't a middleman in the middle that, mm. that creates all this really complicated technical stuff to even make their work work. Yeah. Uh, but for the people that, that that becomes interested now, what tips do you have for them? Where where should they start? Where can they go from here? Um, well, I would recommend looking at uh, DDC talks, and I I have a few. Well, I have I have two in particular that I really uh, really enjoy watching, which is um, I think let's see, I have it here on the list. It's. Um, Character Rigging and Cinematic Animation in God of War uh, with Erica Pinto and Axel Grossman. Um, that talk is really, really good uh, because they go into like detail on, on how they create their characters or how they created the characters in God of War. Right. Uh, and they like they really get into it. Um, so I recommend that one. Um, and uh, then there's also the the talk by Judge Simantov. Um uh, he he was working on Naughty Dogs, The Last of Us. That's uh, also really interesting because they're also going into blend shapes and stuff like that, which is something that we haven't touched on right now. But uh, yeah, that one's really cool as well. Uh, and I just generally I'd recommend looking into the DDC YouTube uh, animation playlist yeah. because there's a lot of cool shit in there. Sorry yeah. if I'm... That's it, that's it. I, I think <laughs> we can say shit. Yeah. <laughs> looking at the producer, he's nodding. <laughs> This is a 18 plus <laughs> podcast now. <laughs> uh, no, GDC talks is is, is a goldmine of, of stuff in general. Yeah, yeah for, sure. for sure. Is there anything else you, you think like everyday like topics I should look into? We talked a lot about anatomy. Yeah, I mean, yeah. If if you're looking to get into technical animation, I'd say yeah, anatomy is a great place to start, and uh, uh, especially. Uh, uh, one thing that um, uh, I actually didn't bring up before we we did See, this we is, could go on for a long time. Uh, yeah, it's 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 a facial. Uh, what is it? It's it's uh, the abbreviation is F A S uh, F A C S, facial action coding system, uh, which is uh, it's it's a system to basically define uh, different movements of the face, um, and it's look into that. That, that that's that's a very good starting point to 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 understand how how facial movement works right um so yeah links and stuff in the show notes as always so if you want to check these things out 
Wow, we've been going on, as I said, we could go on for much longer, but I really want to thank you for taking the time to come here and talk yeah. to, to us about this. It's been really fascinating to find out yeah, thank more you. about your job. Thank so, you. Thank you. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.